I'm Barbara Bray. Welcome to my Rethinking Learning podcast, where I have conversations with inspirational educators, thought leaders, and change agents. Oh, this is going to be a great session. I have Sarah Thomas here. I can't believe it. I have you on my show. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Barbara. Oh, Sarah. I I mean, you have no idea. I've been wanting to talk to you for so long. Didn't I talk to you about two years ago, I think, about this? (laughs) I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for for having me. Well, I'm going to make you blush a little bit. I'm going to kind of boast (laughs) about you. Is that okay? Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Dr. Sarah Thomas. Doctor. Yay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Is a regional technology coordinator in Prince George's County in Maryland. And we talked about this. I'm from Maryland. (laughs) Yes. So locals. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm not there anymore, but it's fun to talk to you about that. And you're an affiliate faculty at Loyola University. Wow. And I know there's more. In fact, Sarah's passion has also expanded to helping educators connect globally. And that's what led you to EduMatch. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Oh, we're going to talk about that. And you founded that in September 2014. So that's like, that's almost five years. Yeah, coming up on our fifth year anniversary. It's crazy. Time flies. Wow, we're going to have to have a party. (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, Edumatch has grown to include Voxer, guest blogging, weekly Twitter chat podcast, publishing arm, and we'll probably talk about some more things. Yes, (laughs) I'm excited. I'm excited. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, you're going to, best thing to do is start talking about you. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up and your background. I'm born and raised in Alexandria, Virginia. I stayed there up until, oh, I want to say about 26 years and I moved out to Woodbridge. So that's not too far away. So I still see mom and dad almost every day, you know, on my way to and from work. I went to Fairfax County Public Schools, graduated from there. Went to Howard University for undergrad and grad school, and then I went to George Mason for my doctorate. So I've been kind of in this in this bubble for for a while, but I've uh, spent the last few years of my life trying to get out of it. So you know, see the world a little bit, connect with folks, and uh, and it's been it's been a great experience thus far. Well, it's it is a beautiful area. I mean, I wasn't too. I grew up not too far from you. And I I was in um, Silver Spring, Bethesda area, which is what. 20 minutes away from Alexandria? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's not too far. Yeah. Beautiful part of it. Love that area. Oh. Yeah. Silver Spring is is fantastic. Yeah. Okay. So you went to school in, you said Fairfax? Fairfax County. So what mm-hmm. was it like for you as a student? Ooh, me as a student. That's funny because I was, um, the first few years were pretty solid. You know, I was an early reader. In elementary school, I had a lot of fun. When I got to middle and high school, then it stopped being as much fun. In in a lot of schools across the country, you know, they have it separated out into tracks. So I was one of the only students in my track who looked like me. And just the experience was, um, I mean, at times it was difficult. I had a difficult time kind of navigating my identity, you know, how I fit into space. And so it was... It was a little rocky um, for a while, but academically, when it was time to buckle down and get my work done, then I was able to do so. But 
you know, I would navigate that. And whenever I did get positive social interaction, then, you know, that would like consume me. So I would like not do homework, just stay on AOL chat messenger for however long and tie up the phone lines. But junior, senior year, when it was time to start looking at colleges, and I did I buckled down and um, and got it together. And uh, so, I mean, that's kind of how I was as a student. It was good times, the best of times and the worst of times. Yeah. Paraphrase Dickens. Middle, yeah. <laughs> middle school seems to be that way for a lot of right. people. So, I mean, I was a middle school teacher because of that, because I had a real tough time. So, so it, sense of belonging was difficult. Did you? Yeah. Did you find a group? Yeah, I was kind of, I kind of went in between all groups. So, I mean, it was like, it was kind of like being a chameleon, you know, where you take on the attribute of whatever group you're with. So I was like part of all groups, yet part of no group at the same time. But I did have a few friends who were very, um, you know, we we connected because we were all kind of in the same boat. So I had some friends that I stayed pretty close to um, and they were from all different kinds of circles. So to this day, I'm still close with some of them. And, you know, it's, that's yeah. cool. Well, you stayed in the same area, which is cool. I mean, I yeah, moved and lost those friendships. So, oh, yeah. but I made a lot more. I mean, you know, you're the kind of person that you walk in a room, everyone goes, oh, it's Sarah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like that for me in school, but now it's different. Yeah, you you yeah. change through the years. So yeah, you build that thanks, confidence. Yeah still kind of working through it, you know, because you just, uh, you don't ever, like, there's no hard line between being a kid and being an adult, you know, it's just kind of like a growth process. So still kind of working through that, trying to grow through that process. But, um, but you know, just uh, connecting with so many people online has, has been a tremendous influence in my life. So me too. And I'm a lot older than you. It's like, some people think I'm so young, because I'm so silly. And I don't think, I think you can be as young as you want to be, no matter what your age. I agree with that 100%. Oh, good. You do, because (laughs) I don't want to. Yeah. No, it's it's the truth. Yeah, it really is. Maybe I should put that as a quote somewhere, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a great one. Uh, So did you always want to be an educator or what was your journey for that? It's funny because I would always come back to it. Like it wasn't always the plan, but I would always end up coming back to it. Like I, I was looking back at my um, first grade writing. You know, we had like those little books that we would write and the teacher kind of put them together with the cardboard and the wallpaper and all that. And I went through and I looked at my first grade book and it said that I wanted to teach first grade. And lo and behold, what was it? Maybe almost 20 years to that date, I was I, I taught first grade. So I mean, uh, it's, it's crazy. I mean, that is really, do you still have that? I do. I do. It's, it's insane. And like, it's, it's wild because somewhere down the line, I was just like, okay, you know, I think I want to shift. I want to try something different. I want to maybe go to law school or maybe, you know, go into TV production, which ended up being my undergrad major. But my mom started teaching middle school at that same time. So I was maybe like a freshman or sophomore in college. And I went down to help her with her classroom. And I saw all these kids there. I was working with the kids. I was just like, this is where I want to be. But I'd already done, you know, most of my course, my coursework. So I was just like, ah, eh, you know, whatever. But then I re-enrolled in grad school and saw a flyer for alternative certification through Howard University. And I was just like, that's it. So I applied. They took me. And yeah, here I am. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What a cool story that your mom, that's how you, you went in the class like that. Yeah. And I still, we're going to have to find that picture of the first grade, that you know, I'll send it to you. That sounds so cool. So, you, yeah. so what happened at, with after you got the alternative 
education Whew, certification. That was a challenging time, but I'm glad I went through it. Um, I did a lot of learning on the job. You know, I started, I was still, still very, very green. I was immature for my age. That's one thing to keep in mind. So I was about maybe 22. I think I was 22 when I started. So an immature 22 year old, you can just picture that I was making, uh, some, some rookie mistakes. Um, and the first few years, they weren't, I wasn't in climates that were very conducive to mistake making, you know, risk taking and things like that. So I almost didn't make it, but I moved around. I was in four different schools in five years. And I want to say um, that third school was a good experience. That fourth school was a fantastic experience. I stayed there for seven years. The fifth school, it was it was also fantastic, but I was only there for a little while. And that there's like a story behind that too, but I loved it as well. Fell in love with that fifth school too. Oh, well, four schools in five years is tough yeah. though. Yes. But then you yeah, went, took- you said that the fourth one, you were there seven years? Yeah, yes. Yeah, I, I found it. I loved it. It was like home for me. So I stayed. Um, so I was there from like 2008 until 2015. So what was the... What was the reason? What was the school, you know, environment and Yeah, it was um it was a very unique school. It was a French immersion school. And when I got there, you know, I had I had always wanted to work at that school. Ever since I, you know, joined the county, I was just like, I gotta make it to this school because my family is from Haiti and like we actually started I started speaking French back at home with my parents to prepare myself. It was almost like I, I knew I was gonna get there. Oh, wow. Um <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like the the difference, like just the sense of community. Um, the principal there was phenomenal. Um, she was like a work mom to me, you know, and uh, we just had such a great relationship. My colleagues and I had a great relationship. The kids and I had a great relationship. Their parents and I. So, I mean, it all fit. It felt like a family. And I stayed there until the principal left. And um, at that time, I applied for my current position, but I also got in touch with another principal at the high school level. And that was something I hadn't tried. So once we met up and, um, you know, had a conversation and he showed me what was there, then I was just like, okay, this is this is amazing. And this kind of feels like the logical next step. So, um, you know, and I told him, I was just like, I just applied for this other position. You know, like, I love what you have going on here. And so he said, okay, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. So I ended up getting the position. So I was only there for a little over a quarter, but um, it was a phenomenal experience. I loved it. So what was the position? The position now is a regional technology coordinator, but um, the one where I was teaching in the high school, um, I taught technology education. Okay. So I was wondering how you jumped into the regional coordinator. So that's how that that was it. Oh, that is, it is amazing how the relationships matter. Yes, that is so so true. And that is And look how you built up the confidence. Remember how you said when you started and when you were 22 and yes. I, it's I mean I think a lot of teachers start out like that. They yeah. I don't know if they prepare as well. I, I just don't know until you get there and the kids just kind of bring reality right there to your face. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it was definitely a growing experience, but I'm I'm glad I had it though. Oh, it sounds wonderful. So, what are you doing now as uh, the coordinator, technology coordinator? I believe we have 18 people with similar positions to me, as well as you know we have like uh, leadership for that department. 
So phenomenal people. I've learned so much from them. I actually connected with them maybe about, I want to say, 10 years ago when I became tech liaison at the French Immersion School. And so, you know, I was working with the tech team on the projects that they had, you know, because what we do is that we go into schools and we help um, we help the schools support to integrate technology. So they were at my school and in integrating technology there. And so that's that's where I met a bunch of the people that I work with now. I think we have 208 schools in our district. So that's, yeah, so that's why there's so many of us. So we kind of divide and conquer and come together to support the district as a whole. It's like my dream job. So I I really love it. Like I, I felt like I wanted to be there for a long time. So it felt surreal when I actually did get there. Oh, that's so cool. I had a job similar. I worked with it's CTAP, California Technology System Project here in the Bay Area. And it Mm. was technology assistant. And I worked I was part of a seven county in the Bay Area. So I had to go to Napa. Isn't that terrible? I'm so sad. (laughs) (laughs) So sad. They had to go down to San Mateo. I had to go all over and do technology training. But it was a long time ago when things were a lot different than they are now. And so, you know, we didn't really talk about the technology, what got you into the technology piece. Can I kind of go back to that just because? Yeah. Yeah. That started off really, really early in life for me. Like, um, you know, I was maybe about, I want to say two years old when my brother bought an Atari. He's 13 years older than me. So <laughs> he bought an Atari. He bought a little software on there to teach me my letters. And, you know, I used to hate the letter C because every time you press C, a clown would pop up. And, you know, <laughs> so I would cry and run upstairs. But I mean, we would like, it was one of those cool Ataris where you had like the basic programming in there. And he had a bunch of different books. He was teaching himself how to write like programs and stuff like that. So as soon as I was old enough to like go in and um, learn how to copy the recipes, like just kind of, you know, hold a book in front of me, plunk it out and make it do what it said it was going to do. That was kind of my start into it. And my whole family, they're kind of techies in a way. So I grew up with it. Um, and it's just always kind of kind of been there for me. Um, you know, my my mom, my dad and my brother, they've all been into it for as long as I can remember. So that's just kind of how, how I got into it. So when you had your first uh, job when you were 22. Did you use technology or was there any technology there? Yeah, I tried to integrate technology as much as I could. Like you said, it looked a lot different back then than it does now. Even like within the span of the last five years, things have changed so much. But um, I remember I would try to buy a lot of like gadgets <laughs> and, you know, like the, the Yakker Tracker was one thing that I liked, you know, that, I that, that. Monitor- <laughs> yeah, yeah. The overhead projectors, trying to remember what else. We they were starting to like videos were starting to be a thing um as far as like on the internet. So I remember um getting like some hardware to connect my computer to the TV screen. I remember that's that's kind of how it started for me, but it was it really got to hit a fever pitch, I want to say probably around 2008 when I first met my team members, my current team members, and they had a program called Sharing Technology with Educators Program. So my school was a part of it. And they taught us stuff like podcasting. They taught us about the flip cameras, Google. Yeah. And I remember just kind of diving into that and going to conferences and um, all kinds of stuff. So that was that was really cool. I know. I My pa- family thinks I'm nuts. I mean, I had to get the first computer when it first came out and take it apart yeah. and put it back together again. I was really... What? Yeah. I was like, my family like, 
what is wrong with her? You know? <laughs> and I just, um, I love technology, but I can't keep up with it now. There's too much. That's why I needed to kind of get a PLN together like you've done. Right. Yeah. Right. You're, you've done so much. Oh, and okay. So how did you come up with your Twitter handle? Sarah, the teacher. Oh, that is, oh my goodness. Is so, I, I keep typing it wrong when I, then I got it finally. Yeah. That's like probably one of the hardest Twitter handles to spell, but <laughs> oh man. I remember I was at um, Common Ground, Maryland, which is our local ISTE affiliate conference. It, it used to be called I think it's still the organization, but it had like a different different name um, when I first started going to it. But anyway, at the Common Ground 2013, that was on April 23rd, 2013. And I was there and I saw that they had the hashtag um, CGMD13 or something like that. And so I was just like, okay, well, you know, I know all these conversations are going on around me and I have a Twitter. I've had one for several years, but I'm using it to interact with VH1 stars like Flavor Flav. So I don't want these people to judge me. I want them to take me seriously. So let me create a brand new uh, Twitter handle. So I did. And I just typed in the first thing that popped into my mind. Like at the time I was um, knee deep in dissertation research and um, my dissertation was with um, English learners. And so I was just like, okay, let me spell my name out phonetically. And so I did kind of do it. And I was just like, Sarah, the teacher, Sarah the teacher. (laughs) So that's kind of how I spelled it out, you know, in text talk or phonetic spelling. And it just kind of, kind of stuck. And I mean, even my, my own students who speak English natively, you know, a lot of times when they text, then they'll like abbreviate stuff or put their own like swag on it. So I just kind of took that inspiration and just, you know, just rolled with it. So just because this is a podcast, I'm just going to spell it for you people. So they, okay. Right. So it's Sarah, the way you spell your name, S-A-R-A-H, duh, D-A, teacher, T-E-E-C-H-U-R. Right. Now that really got me when I first did it. I kept doing that wrong, the teacher, but it's, it, it's stuck. Oh it's yeah. Stuck. Yeah. It's very very clever, very oh, clever. <laughs> so Appreciate Twitter that. is really, you know, I mean that's where I'm meeting everyone and where I yes. you know follow you. And um something just happened to you on Twitter. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, it was a nightmare. Oh man, yesterday when I was teaching, I affiliate teach at Loyola, so we have an online cohort. And so yesterday we were talking about tools to promote, like um, how you can get word out because one of their projects is a PLN event. So they have to do either a Twitter chat or some kind of live event. So we were kind of crowdsourcing different tools and I was showing them Buffer. So I went in my Buffer and I tweeted out about EdCamp Voice. And then I was just like, okay, this is cool. And so after we were done, we moved on to the next activity where I had put together like an impromptu Twitter chat. And I was just like, all right, so let me, you know, set it up while they skim these articles. So I I went on my phone and it said I was, um, my account was locked. (sighs) So (laughs) I was like, what in the world? So it told me to put in my phone number and I looked at the link. I made sure it was like actually Twitter because at first I thought that I was being like scammed or something, but it was actually Twitter. So I put in my phone number. They called me. They wouldn't even text it to me. They called me. I had to put in the code and then they were just like, okay, we unlocked it. So don't abuse the terms of service again. And I was just like, um, okay. And so I get on there and I do the Twitter chat with my uh, with my class. And somehow I saw one of my friends respond 
and something looked off and um like you know when you look at it and i i think i realized later that it doesn't say you know it says follows you but it didn't say you follow or something like that so i clicked on it and i was just like i dm'd her i was just like oh my goodness i didn't realize i wasn't following you i'm so sorry and you know like i rectified it and then i saw somebody else's account looking the same way and I was just like, wait a minute. So I go through my timeline and I'm like not following anyone on my timeline. I'm just like, this is like, this is totally weird. And then I realized that it wiped everybody out. And so at this point, oh. I started flipping out and I'm just like, what do I do? I drove home. People still weren't there. So I started going in and refollowing people like one by one. But this morning when I woke up, everyone was restored. So I was just like, whoo, because that was, oh, I was, I was about to lose it. I, now I still it it's almost like we have to get to the behind you know the whatever happened because that yeah. we don't want that to happen to people like you and no. others. <laughs> I mean, what could have happened to say that they that you abused it when you right. I know you you're so good on Twitter and everything. We got to find out. We got yeah. We're gonna get. I don't we're know. gonna crowdsource this and we're gonna right. check. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that it got restored because we need you. In fact, you are the educational matchmaker. Oh, Yay! thank you. you that's why you created EduMatch. And you got to tell us the story about that. Oh, yeah. So it's it's crazy that it's almost five years ago. But I was on Boxer with a good friend of mine, Rafrans Davis. Um, oh, I she love her. Is, yeah, I love Rafrans. <sighs> And that night we were talking about, um, I think, fantasy sports and math and talking about the points. And I had recently just really gotten into gamification. And I was just like, okay, well, you know, I had a conversation with my cousin who used to do this when he was teaching math in New York. And you all should talk with Chris Avilas, who, you know, Rafrans and I, he's a good friend of Rafrans and I. And um, so I was just like, wait a minute, is there something that's going to connect person A with person B with person C saying all of you get together and talk shop? And I looked, I didn't see anything. I was just like, all right, let me just, um, you know, let me set this up. So I tweeted something out like, this might be a dumb idea, but hopefully it'll work. And <laughs> and I tweeted out like uh, something about uh, what I was hoping to do. So Mark Gates in Australia was the very first person who responded. And I said, okay, please tell me about yourself. So he gave me like a short rundown and I matched it up to the list that's on Cyberman's page with the hashtags and I tweeted it out you know, every few hours, something different. And I checked back with him at the end of the day. He said, this is awesome. You need to keep it going. So I said, okay. So at that point I set up a site, set up a Google form. And as people joined, they brought their ideas. So from there, you know, we went to Voxer, we went to guest blogs, we went to uh, tweet and talk. That's a, a phrase by Tammy Neal with the Twitter chat. And uh, at the time, Google Hangouts on air, but now YouTube live. And uh, we just do them, you know, at the same time, Sundays. And then from there, it, it kind of went into the publishing. And, uh, you know, now we're we're looking at like nonprofit stuff. Um, Brian Costello is doing a podcast network for us. And uh, we're looking into like a bunch of different other things. So it's, it's, it's really it's really growing like more than I ever would have thought. Now, I'm doing a podcast and I have some other things going. But when I started looking at all the things you're doing, it, it, you have to bring on a team or you have to get people yes. doing things because you just can't juggle it all, especially since you're working too. Right, <laughs> right. That is so true. How that do you do so it? How, and it's, yeah. oh, it's amazing. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's all about, you know, the, the team, like you said, the teamwork aspect, just people bringing their ideas and um, just, you know, being 
like investing part of themselves, you know, their time, their energy, and just just helping to to grow us up collectively. So I've I've been really blessed to be aligned with like some some amazing individuals. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about each thing, it's like the community, because okay. I just joined it. I should have okay, joined great. it long ago. I had no idea. Um, so oh, you've been the... an honorary part of it. You've been to our meetups and everything. So yeah, I've considered <laughs> you a part of our family for for a long time. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so you go in and you sign up on a form. So well, let's put the form up so people can sign up on, on okay. the pod, you know on the blog and te- and what kinds of things go on in there. Yeah, so that form is the very first form that started it off, and we just kind of tweaked it a little bit. So what we were doing with it, we had a person of the day, and we would tweet out about them. But now what we do is that we move, I moved the responses to our awesome table of edumatchers, and that way people can kind of sort through and see um, who would match, you know, what they're looking for in terms of who they want to connect with. It's really ugly. I've been trying to put time in to make it like look pretty, but it's functional. So I'm just rolling with that for right now. And then, you know, I'll, I'll uh, update the looks of it later. <laughs> but Well, if it's functional, that's pretty good. I mean, so you're basically looking at people that maybe the same uh, subject area, same interests, same things, so they can connect. Right. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. I've been trying to do that. That's pretty cool that you're doing oh, that. That's you. great. So, um, yeah, we'll have to talk about that because that down the road, I can see that growing if if you want. That would be really great. So when did you start the publishing? The publishing started back in 2016, but I want to say it got really active a little over a year ago. So that was one of the things we were talking about in the Voxer group. You know, we were asking, you know, somebody asked, like, what's on your educator bucket list? And a, a lot of people were saying that they want to publish someday. They want to have a book. And so um, I was just like, OK, well, this is, you know, obviously something that has a lot of a lot of people want to do. So let's try it. So there was a group of about 20 of us um, the very first year. Everybody submitted a chapter and we put out EduMatch Snapshot in Education 2016. That was such a great experience. We decided to like make it kind of an annual thing. So we've had 2017, 2018. Um, between 2016 and 2017, we had like a, a cookbook that randomly, I mean, it just kind of came from discussion within the group. And then um, last year we started doing solo projects. Um, so we've put out, I believe, 10 solo books thus far. We put out like a couple more crowdsourced books. So in addition to EduSnap 18, then we've done uh, Makers in Schools as well as To Whom It May Concern. Um, so those are, you know, those are books kind of a similar way with multiple people submitting parts. We've also had Dr. Will with The Edupreneurs. You know, that's our very first documentary. And uh, just trying to grow from there. We're, we're in talks with, uh, we have someone who has written some curriculum. So we're looking to put that up within, you know, the next week or so. So very excited. Oh my goodness. I I know, uh, I remember talking to Dr. Will and he says, I got something in the works. And I said, I yes. <laughs> it's so great. Well, oh, yes. um, so on your podcast, you have a separate site for that or is that still on the, because um, I've seen we... several sites. So yeah, we have a site for the podcast network um, that Brian Costello is heading up and he's kind of growing that out. So we're going to get rolling with that pretty soon where we have like, you know, a group of, of folks um, just kind of supporting one another in that space and just kind of trying to 
you know, come up with some initiatives together. So that's that's really exciting. Oh, how wonderful yeah. that he's doing oh, that. I love you. it. And then thank you. The Voxer, I got to be part of that Voxer group. I love yes, that. I we would love to have I, I go you. crazy. <laughs> right. I, you know, what's really bad is that, you know, my family, they're like, what about us? And yeah, well, oh. <laughs> we can do a Voxer group. They go, what? You know, they don't know what I'm talking <laughs> Oh my goodness, I love it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you also have ed camps. Yes, yes. And tying that together, the ed the ed camp and the boxer, we have ed camp voices coming up um at the beginning of uh July, July first. Really? So yeah, so that's gonna be that's gonna be really fun. Um so, you know, it's an Ed Camp held entirely on Voxer. We used to call it Ed Camp Voxer. Then we called it Ed Camp Voice on Voxer. Now we're just calling it Ed Camp Voice. Uh, so that's that's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, well, we have to get that out so people know about that. Oh, oh that'd be thank fun. you. That'd be fun. Yes, so, thank you. I, I'm afraid to ask what's next because you've already said <laughs> all these, but I can tell you're so passionate about this. This is, oh, thank you. It, it, isn't it kind of exciting when you do things that you love? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super just, I'm, I'm on cloud nine right now. You know, I love it. I love, uh, I love being able to do what I love, you know, in, in multiple aspects of my life. So this is, this is really exciting. And, well, I do a whole thing about passion and purpose. If you have something that you love and you get to do that, you can't wait to get up every morning. It's just, yes. isn't that right? It's just, that oh. is the truth. Yes, that is the truth. I would say that, that the one thing that I'm really excited about, I mean, in addition to everything else, is the nonprofit. Like, we've been working towards that for about a year. And, you know, right now we're currently in soft launch. So we're looking forward to putting out some some grants for educators um, to support the work that, you know, educators do, the grassroots work of educators and students. So that's going to be coming up in the hopefully near future. We're still working on it. Wow. Um, I, it's not that easy to start a nonprofit. So it's edumatch.org. Yeah. Edumatch. Okay, so the website. I'm still working on it, but yeah. it's. Uh, I, I tried some stuff with WordPress. It didn't quite work. So uh, if somebody goes to it before it's fixed, then it's probably going to look crazy. But it's going to be edumatchfoundation.org. Edumatchfoundation.org. Wonderful. Oh, this will help so many teachers. Oh, thank you. I'm excited yeah. about it. Oh my goodness, thank Sarah, you. you are just. Oh, it's amazing. Thank you. So are you, Barbara. I really appreciate I appreciate all that you do um, to to help connect us all and also, you know, for, for all of the work that you've done and continue to do. Well, I think that when you love, I love what I do, like you do. Um, I just haven't done as much as you have. This is amazing. Oh, I <laughs> no. And anyway, we can help each, you know, if we help each other, that's, I always thought, oh, I have these ideas. I'm just going to do them. You're right. You just got to bring a team on. You got to get other people going because you just can't do it all alone. And you're right. doing that. And it's just, I applaud you. Mm-hmm. This has been, wow, I had a lot of fun. Me too. (laughs) Me too. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. This has been really awesome. And I hope to have you on EduMatch um, on our podcast in the near future. Well, we'll just keep the conversations going. (laughs) Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much, Barbara. Thank you for listening to the Rethinking Learning Podcast and my conversation with Sarah Thomas. Make sure you check out the complimentary blog post about Sarah and her story along with the resources and links that we share. 
please subscribe to the podcast. You know, we welcome a review on iTunes and love it when you retweet and share out the post about the podcast. You can also subscribe to my website, barbabray.net, to receive announcements and updates so you don't miss any of the conversations. <laughs>